we've started a punk band, or at least we claimed to be a punk band, without having any idea how to play a music instrument. We didn't know how to write songs, we didn't know how to sing, we didn't have any recording equipment, we didn't have any audio equipment. We decided that we want to create punk movement uh, that will pretend to be a punk band overnight. It was caused by our deep wish to create a feminist group that we had for a while. But the decision to create Pussy Red, we were like, oh, it, let's do it. It's a funny joke. And that's why it's important to understand that we are art nerds and not musicians. We are not here. We are not about craft. We are not about quality. We are about ideas, we are about concepts. We're coming from the background of conceptualist art. And, you know, the idea would always come first and then the execution. And I'm still struggling with this identity of a musician, though. A lot of people that obviously perceive me and Pussyride as musicians now, I feel it puts unnecessary constraints on me. At times I start to really care about quality and then I'm getting scared of myself. I'm like, ooh, I don't recognize myself. I should get rid of this. So DIY punk ethics is pretty fucking important because together with conceptual art approach, it actually was something that gave us enormous freedom from being scared of being imperfect. When you realize that you can be imperfect, when you realize beauty in your mistakes, beauty in roughness, then you are much more free as a human being and as an artist. When we created the movement, and it's not a band, it's not a group, it's not a, even an art collective, we created it as a movement. It was bigger than us. It was an idea that we wanted to share with as big amount of people as possible. And for that reason, we put on masks because we didn't want to make people focus on our personalities, on our personal histories, but we wanted people to focus on ideas. And also we wanted to prevent the power struggle that always comes with political movements. So we didn't want to bring any egos in the movement. So it was changed when we ended up in prison. Our identities were revealed. And I remember the moment when they brought us to court 
and we were standing in front of all the journalists. And my first thought was, oh, what a pity. Now everyone knows who we are. And this is a, a murder. This is a cruel murder of the whole idea because now everyone will associate this just with us. I didn't care that much about my freedom, but I cared about this assassination of an idea. It happened in a way, so like, I don't think the system was able to kill the idea totally, because yes, our identities were revealed, but at the same time, this court case brought to life so many new activists, amazing women, non-binary people, men around the world who now identify themselves as Pusivret, and some of them are still enjoying anonymity. So uh, being ethical and responsible was actually always a big part of punk movement. So I don't really think that we are inventing a bicycle here. We are just being real punks when we build alternative institutions. The whole concept of a typical performance, like punk rock performance, is built around this division between the scene, the stage, and the audience. So for the first seven years of Pussyright existence, I didn't even want to work with that setting because I felt like this is too rigid, this is too old. But then I realized that there are so many people who actually want to see us and want to share our ideas and share their ideas with us. So we started to do that. But even when we play in a traditional setting of a music club, music venue. We always invite people on stage and we end up being a nightmare for <laughs> organizers of the performances. Not because we break guitars, we never do that. We try to be really polite and then not getting drunk or anything, but because uh, sometimes, a lot of times, we invite the whole club to the stage and they, they just dance there with us. <laughs> The, the most important thing is your passion and your concept. And so today, a lot of really young people approach me. And I'm, by saying young, I mean 12, 11 years old. And what can I do? Because I don't have means to, to produce anything big yet. And that's what I'm telling to all those kids. I mean, you have the most important thing that people can have this year. Your passion, your emotion, and your vision of the future, because in the end of the story, the future belongs to you. If you never tried, you definitely should try to treat your life as an art performance. Think about alternative futures and really help yourself and people around you to invent a mental idea of the world where you want to be in 2030 and try to reach that world. I think activism should be sustainable. Sustainable in terms of your mental health. So if you don't have joy in your activism, you can suffer for one day, for a year, for two years, but then you're going to quit. To me, the answer is always to find joy in the act of protest.
and it doesn't have to be necessarily partying. This is just an example. But partying as well, it's a great example because, you know, like look at these Stonewall riots. They came from people's claiming their right to party. And this is a beautiful thing to me and the 60s in general because they really knew how to combine joy and protest art. They really know how to combine those things and they made politics and political act interesting for big masses of people. They, if I may say, they made political act sexy and attractive for a lot of people. So I feel if you find a way how to combine joy and protest and protest act, it can really last long and make a um, big impact. Sparks is produced by Unboxed and brought to you by the RSA. To find out more about RSA Fellowship and our Design for Life mission, visit the rsa.org.